Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And man, this week we're really going back. We're going back in time. We're going back to a very specific kind of movie. And it's the guy sees girl, guy decides to pursue girl. Crazy shit happens while he's pursuing girl. Because that kind of movie was like, that movie was big in like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s and then never again. Like when was the last time you saw that? Yeah, that's true. We really don't have that anymore. And it makes me wonder, is that because of the internet? Is that because so many movies include the internet? And so the mystery of seeing your neighbor and knowing nothing about her isn't the same? Or is it just that this movie, people just decided to stop making these movies? Because I kind of, I enjoy this type of movie, not all of them. And not and elements of this I didn't enjoy, but I kind of like this kind of movie. It's there's something very classic about it. So this episode's movie is 1991's Mystery Date, directed by Jonathan Wax, written by Terry Runty, who only has one other writing credit, one other film writing credit, and it's for the Super Mario Brothers movie. So that's <laughs> that's hilarious. That <laughs> actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's a very, very chaotic film. But to your point about how this is like, this is definitely a very classic kind of movie where it's like, I know that there's a version of this movie with Carrie Russell that I've been trying to track down so that we can do it on the podcast. But it seems like almost every young actress that came up in the 80s and 90s at some point played some mystery girl that some guy was like, I have to know her. Yeah, like, wow, like, look at that concept of a woman. Maybe I want to get closer to that concept of a woman with her <laughs> the... hair all herring and her dress all <laughs> flowing and all that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so interesting because it's it's a something that I've never really, and it, I don't think that it just guys do this, of course, but like, because I can't see well, I don't spy on people because it's kind of impossible. So like, <laughs> so the... <laughs> So when there's somebody like from a distance, I'm just like, oh, I don't know who that is. They could be the hottest person in the world. And I don't know. But he's just like looking from his window to her window, just looking and just like, who is this girl? And I mean, to be fair, in this movie and in life, Terry Polo, very gorgeous woman, great hair, beautiful hair. Absolutely. She is stunning. But also that's a really funny point I wouldn't have thought about. But that's so true that obviously having like, really like, clear vision is such an important part of this kind of plot. Because he's literally spying through a window on his neighbor. That's such a funny point about just like, yeah, if you can't do that, then this whole plot doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not possible. I also just, and I, I feel like it's it's a concept that we keep on coming back to on this podcast where it's like you see someone and you decide that you want them with very little information. And <laughs> I just, it's just, how does this even work? And in this in this case, it's, it's Ethan Hawke. We've got young, young baby Ethan Hawke here and he sees Terry Polo who's house sitting I think next door 
And he's just like, I want to know her. I have to know her. And so he tells his brother, played by Brian McNamara, that he wants to, like, take this girl out. And the brother, like, tries to help him out. And the way in which that he helps him out leads to this whole, like, madcap, dangerous odyssey into like the underworld and clubs and gangs and crooked cops and it's just all of this and it's just like this girl (laughs) it's I was I was constantly looking at Terry Polo in this movie being like she just seems so much calmer than anyone else would be in this situation oh absolutely like even (laughs) when there's a big confrontation eventually where she's yelling and she's like what the fuck is going on who are you actually? What is happening? You have to tell me. She pulls the keys out of the car because he won't tell her what's going on. And she's just like, you are not driving anywhere until you tell me. Even then, she is so composed. I would be like screaming. <laughs> I would be like throwing things. I would be like climbing out of the car. Like the way that she is composed, it made me want to get to know her character better to understand what made her that calm. Because it's yeah. not that her character doesn't think anything's going on. It's not that her character is like, wow, this is fine. It's just that she has a very grounded demeanor. And it made me want to know her better. Yeah. Well, like, this is a terror Because it's essentially, like, it's just a guy you don't know taking you on a first date. She hadn't even heard his voice before because the person who called her about the date was actually his brother. And so much of this movie is like him wearing his brother's clothes, using his brother's cards, driving his brother's car, just like essentially just like taking on this whole thing. And she and she goes for it. And I think maybe part of it is that because when we meet her, we see that she's reading and maybe it's just that she wanted some adventure. And so that's why she's like, if I freak out, then there's no more adventure for me. Let's see where this goes. Yeah, like she's just like, okay, I'm actually living out a book plot right now. And and also, like, by the time she realizes how crazy things have gone, because so much of the movie is is him being in a situation and trying to hide it from her, right? Him running and trying to hide it from her him trying to figure out what's going on and trying to hide it from her. By the time she figures out she's implicated in this game of cat and mouse, she's already there. So she's kind of like, well, (laughs) I don't even know if he's going to take me back home until the night is over. So I might as well just ride along. I just don't understand why Ethan Hawke, overcomplicated this situation the way that he did like I get it she's a beautiful woman and he doesn't have a lot of confidence but he looks like Ethan Hawke I mean like, he's does a 20... Ethan Hawke know how he looks he's a 21 year old Ethan Hawke and honestly I thought one of the things I thought was really funny about the movie is you know he's really obsessed with his older brother Craig played by Brian McNamara as you said and so Craig is very much like coaching him on like what do women want and he like helps him get his hair done which is funny because his hair looks the exact same afterwards (laughs) like (laughs) like it's just like freshly quaffed and then he suggests that he get glasses and Ethan Hawke is like well I don't need glasses (laughs) and Brian I mean Craig is like 
Yeah, neither do I. But you know, when women say they want a mature man, they actually just want a man with glasses, which I thought was <laughs> the best thing ever. I, of course, had to screenshot that. I was like, this is great. I love it. And honestly, the glasses do look cute on him. Like he looks, the fashion in this is very sexy. Uh, they look adorable. But I just love the brother is just like, well, obviously, I'm the ladies man. And he's not more handsome. He's not more, the only thing that makes him more charismatic is that he his character has more confidence than Ethan Hawke's but he it's very funny that this movie just assumes that we would all get that Ethan Hawke thinks that he's way less cool than his brother and we don't really know why he would think his brother is cool like all we know is like he's older and he's like a lawyer yeah here's the thing like his brother immediately seems like a sociopath like to the point where like I was just like Ethan sweetie baby like it, at early in the film his brother says don't let the law get in the way of you having a good time like unless you're talking about smoking a joint like there's something going on oh i was sir. cracking up so hard at that i was like okay this is foreshadowing <laughs> like hello foreshadowing yeah and also like ethan hawk is very aware that having a crush on someone you saw through a window is creepy and that's what makes his character likable is that he's like I'm not just going to approach this woman and tell her that I think she's pretty. Like, she's going to slap me. She's going to tell me to go away. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Like, good point. You're on the right track. And then, of course, his brother is like, no, 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 no. Women love, like, you approaching them. And, And also, he has another great line where he says, "Being there are worse things in the world than being slapped by a beautiful woman, which I was like, true. And, like, very true. But the brother is just like, no, 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 no. Like, we will make it so that you stalk her in a classy way that she likes. You just need to learn the way that women like to be stalked. Also, just like, I'm trying to imagine looking up to a lawyer and it's like, yeah, I guess you would in 1991. (laughs) Um, Because there was, there was, you know, that was like, we're still coming off the 80s where businessmen are like a big deal. We're in the office, there's the high rise, there's the Wall Street movie business. But it's like, there's nothing about this brother that's like actually like, he just seems like somebody that you fuck and then like immediately never speak to again because that's not a person that you actually need in your life. That's not a nurturing presence in your life. No, the brother seems like somebody who would go down on you, but then he'd be like, uh, yeah, uh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) And it would just completely undo any potential orgasm that you had. You'd just be like, all right, I can't. (laughs) This is like so early. This is so early Ethan Hawke, too. That just I wanted to point out that like before this, before Mystery Date, he had done Explorers, which is the the Joe Dante movie where the kids are finding the aliens. River Phoenix is in it, too. That's that's a cute one that everybody should watch. Dead Poets Society. You know, people really go hard for that. Some movie called Dad with with Ted Danson um white fang one of those like boy and wolf in the wilderness movies and ethan hawk obviously is the boy and then mystery date <laughs> so that this is and he doesn't really break out and become oh my god he did white fang too oh no it was uncredited anyway he doesn't really break out as a star until 1994 with reality bites in 1995 with before sunrise but he was 
but he's still just like around and it's kind of like he has this energy not quite like not quite like river phoenix because river phoenix was like a singular talent but like when you see him you're just like yeah he's got it and even in a movie like this it's like yeah he has it he has it (laughs) Yeah, he definitely has it. And it kind of feels like this is his first real, like, adult starring role where he's playing an adult. I mean, obviously, Dead Poets Society, technically, they're adults, but it's still very, like, student. And so I think this is where he's, like, a young man. And he's, like, a young man on a date. And he's a young man dealing with these really stressful adult situations. I mean, that are, of course, brought on by his brother and, like, crime but it's very much like his debut in the sense of being the uh, male adult protagonist. And he crushes it. I mean, this movie is very disjointed and for me definitely falls off at a certain point. But from the very beginning, like you want to watch him. I mean, he, as stated, he's handsome. He's like adorable in this. The style is great. And he's so good at playing this kind of shy 21 year old who's like, oh, how do I get the pretty girl to like me? Like, you completely believe it. So even when the movie starts to kind of crumble, he's got it. And it totally makes sense that three, four years later, he became, like, a giant star. Yeah, and he's he's adorable in this. Terry Polo is, is great. Terry Polo's most known for being in the Meet the Parents movies and for the fosters i think she was also on the west wing but i don't know how long she was but yeah the meet the parents movies which is like really it's it's interesting because when you get kind of stuck in a franchise like that usually it means that oh well you know you just didn't have a lot of star power and so you just like found a place to go where you can get a consistent paycheck but that's really not the case with her she does have a lot of star power and it's funny because like I never really thought much about her at all because she didn't really make an impression in the meet the parents movies but here it's like oh she was just really caged up in those because she's so she's so chill and cool and stuff it almost makes me want to watch the fosters but i'm not going to get into a a freeform show i can't do it too many episodes (laughs) i completely agree because the whole time i was thinking wow why don't i see her in more things like why wasn't she a giant 90s star like she's She's beautiful. She's funny. She has great stage presence. She knows how to kind of give a really subtle change of expression that conveys a lot of emotion. She can, like, she would have made so much sense to be cast more. And I don't really understand why. You know, I don't know if it was just one of those things that happens where there's a great actress who gets far enough to almost get cast a lot. You know, like they get into movies, but they don't quite get past that. I don't know what it was, but she was great. Yeah, she really just became the meet the parents lady for a while. And I mean, good for the Fosters. I think she's also like a lesbian in the Fosters. So once again, now I'm just like, do I want to watch the I Fosters? mean, it might be worth it. Uh, yeah, she's she's really good. But there's there's also, oh, and she looks amazing in that green dress that she's wearing all night. Like, wow, we need to bring back that dress. Yes, that dress specifically. I was like, where can I cop that? This is Gorge. We love it. Oh my God, you would look amazing in that dress. I I need to find that dress. That is now, (laughs) that is going to be like my birthday present to myself is finding that dress. (laughs) (laughs) So who else is in this cut? Oh yeah, we got Fisher Stevens. 
B.D. Wong, James Hong, the great James Hong, currently in Everything Everywhere All at Once, which people should see. He's very good in that. And I mean, B.D. Wong really needs no introduction at all either. Um, Kings, unfortunately, though, the context in which we meet them is, it brings us to the problem of the movie. And the problem of the movie is, racism (laughs) yeah definitely racism a big racism in this movie (laughs) yeah i mean there's just really no way around it because you know and it usually happens in movies like these it makes me think back to uh (laughs) a movie a movie that bronwyn hates and that i still love weird science where they're going (laughs) where they go to a bar and like they because like the whole movie is like them having to like experience life so that they can figure out how to like chill out and get chicks so they go to a bar that's full of black people and it's like definitely like an experience like well if you can hang out with these black people you could talk to some white girls at school and it's like that's technically true but does this need to happen this way yeah like (laughs) Especially when, like, in that movie, that's the only time that we see those Black characters. So it's not like they get to be characters in the rest of the movie that then collide with these white boys. It's like, no, you're just here for this one scene. Well, one of them is the bartender at the party, and he got, and he cusses out Robert Downey Jr. But yeah, nobody oh, that's else. That's true. That's true. Yeah. No, nobody else gets. Nobody else gets to do that. Yeah, that it's a good scene because like. <laughs> because like Robert Downey Jr. tries to order like a whole bottle of like I think whiskey or something and the guy's just like what if I just take this bottle and shove it up your ass (laughs) (laughs) and honestly I was like yes I need this in this movie make it happen please I I will it will add a star to my review please do it But yeah, like, because basically we find out that the brother is like, he's like caught up in like this whole, like, is it like, are they like gangsters? It's like the, or is it like the, it's like the Chinese mob. It feels like Chinese mafia, but also I would say like, hand in hand with the racism is a lack of clarity which is interesting because this movie does not it's not even like it has a lot going on like there's one main plot which is Ethan Hawke's brother helps him go on a date he basically calls up Gina Matthews and is like hey like you know I live nearby I'd love to take you on a date and and has Ethan Hawke like take his car. Oh wait, no, Ethan Hawke borrows his car, but he has Ethan Hawke like use his card. He's like, you can just use my card. You can wear my clothes. All this stuff is gonna help you. You can, you know, pay for a nice dinner. So of course he has all of his brother's stuff, and they go out, and then. And he keeps getting mistaken for his brother, which was actually pissing me off because as a black person, I you know it's hard for me to tell white people apart. It is. I like that's. That's a true thing about me. But it is not hard for me to tell the difference between Sean McNamara and Ethan Hawke. It's just, just because they're both wearing glasses. No, come on. Come on. I was going to ask that because to me, they look very different. But I was like, well, maybe that's just because like I'm another white person. So like, you know, like uh, face blindness. Is no, a they look very thing. different. Okay, good. Okay, because I was like, 
I was like, I feel like I have empathy for the fact that a lot of white people, like, of course, some, many of us look alike. But I was like, I don't feel like they're cast well enough for this to be believable. No, this dude, I didn't even, there were, there was like a whole stretch of this movie because I think I looked away for a second to look at my Animal Crossing screen because I was also playing that while I was watching it. I did not know that they were brothers for like, at least like, 15 minutes of this movie because I just totally missed it. The only reason I knew because at the beginning of the movie I don't feel like it was clear. It definitely felt like Brian McNamara was Ethan Hawke's friend and he was kind of acting like a friend. You know, he was acting like the wingman friend. It wasn't until Ethan Hawke right before he's going to go on his date and he's like you know, got an outfit and everything and he has his brother's card that he's like, hey, you're a really great brother. He says that and I was like, oh okay they're brothers huh I wouldn't have known that and then of course the rest of the movie it's very clear because Ethan Hawke keeps trying to be like hey no I'm not him it's my brother and I was just like they don't look like enough for this to be believable if especially here's the thing if you are in the mafia or even if they're not in the mafia if you were involved in some sort of underground scheme you're gonna fucking remember what people look like like it does not matter whether you think these two white men look alike like if you're doing business with someone you're gonna fucking remember their face if somebody can switch on you you're gonna remember their face it doesn't matter what racial group they fit into you are gonna fucking remember so I was like I do not believe that these men would not pay enough attention to be able to tell these white men apart I kind of love the idea that, like, because all of the men, most of the men who are mad at Ethan Hawke's brother are of color, they're just like, I don't know, the whites, they all look the same. Like, that would (laughs) No, I mean, I did, I was like, if the movie's gonna, since the movie's already racist, I was like, at least it's having the white people get confused, because it definitely wouldn't have needed to add that, you know? Yeah, no, and I mean, yeah, but, like, it's wild, it, 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 even more implausible when you bring along like the women that have that are like so upset with Craig the brother for whatever reason because it's like you're going to remember which guy you fucked you're going to remember that like are you kidding me I would not mistake a person like I don't remember the names of everyone that I have had sex with because who has time for that but if I see their face, if we're making eye contact, I'll be able to tell whether or not this person has been inside me. Like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. how do you not know? Yeah, same. I remember the faces of people who have been inside of me. There have been some drunk encounters where I'm not sure of the whole name, <laughs> you know, and it was consensual. But like, I will know what someone looks like. Absolutely. So yeah. I, I was with you there. I, I was like, that's a, a major plot hole. And the other plot hole that maybe, maybe this was my lack of attention and I wasn't paying enough attention, but it didn't feel clear to me even how the brother first got involved with this because it's like the brother stole this really, this, this vase that has um, like money or information in it that people are looking for. And it's like this big deal. And I don't really, I mean, I understand why you would steal something valuable and I understand that his brother wants money or power, but I don't understand how he knew about it in the first place. Like there's so many plot holes to go from Ethan Hawke going on a date to like Ethan Hawke's on a date, his date is inside and then he discovers and then like a detective approaches him out of nowhere. This is the first we're finding out anything weird and like 
tries to arrest him and then they go in the trunk and there's a man in the trunk that of course Ethan Hawke didn't know about because it's his brother's car and then Ethan Hawke accidentally the man in the trunk like shoots the detective and then the detective dies and then Ethan Hawke just puts the detective in the car and goes on with his date I'm like okay we as the viewers I get that the mystery of the movie is that we go on the ride with him but I don't understand why his first thing isn't to just be like, all right, I have to go find my brother right now. What the fuck? <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's wild that like you, there's somebody in the trunk and then you just, the fact that he's still on this date driving around with bodies in the trunk. And there's like a scene later where like he considers telling Terry Polo and then he thinks better of it, but she still leaves anyway. And that's that's when she gets kidnapped by BD Wong. But it's like, yeah. it's so. I just want to like, I, and I'm usually I don't care about plausibility in film. Like I don't care. Like this is you know I'm not like cinema sins or anything. But I think that it is insane that this movie ends up with him and Terry Polo together because he drove around all night with bodies in the car. I would not like regardless of anything else that happens because none of that is like. Ethan Hawke's fault nothing else is his business that specific thing is his business and it's fucked up (laughs) yeah see that's the thing is I love suspension of disbelief like that's part of the joy of movies is just being like yeah whatever of course this happens it's a movie but you still have to be able to like believe it a little you know like unless it has decided that it is fantasy and I feel like this movie it's really hard to go along with the ride when there's these big gaping holes of why would everyone think you're your brother? You don't look that much like him. Why would every single person think you're him just because you have his car and like one of his jackets? Cause he doesn't even have on like his glasses the time, like the whole time or like he's not even really dressed as his brother. He's dressed a little more similar to him, but he's not dressed as him. So there's that one. And then, like you said, it's him going on a date with bodies in the car and just like, and it's a first date. And then like, It's not even like he fully commits to just doing a cute date. He's not like, okay, let's go to the park now and have fun. Instead, he's like, we're going to go to a bar where I'm going to look for my brother, but I'm not going to tell you why. (laughs) Like, we're going to go to a bar and I'm going to ask people if they know where my brother is, but also I won't tell you why, but also I'm not going to call the date. I'm not just going to say, hey, I'm really sorry. Something came up. Can I make it up to you another time? See, that's the other thing. He could have taken her home at any point because he could have just taken her home because like when he discovers the body it's right after he's given her flowers right and she's like wow this is really sweet and she's like into him she's like wow this is really cute she could he could have ended on that high note and while she might have been disappointed to get dropped off I'm sure she would have said yes to a second date and they could have had like a little kiss at the door and he could have just been like I really want to take you out again you know I I have things to get to, or he could have just left it at that and been like, let's get a scoop of ice cream and go home. But instead he's like, like, and I understand of course, fight or flight. He is in a position that he's never been in before. He's not making the best choices, but it's just so wild that he keeps bringing her places and he's not good at lying. He's not a character who's good at lying. No, he's so bad at lying. And like, it's so clear that she knows that he's lying, but she's just like, I want to see where this goes. And you know what? I can appreciate a woman who courts danger. 
Oh yeah, um, me too. So I'm not I'm not necessarily like mad at her. And once she realizes that like people could die, like she, I mean, she's still very calm, but she at least realizes, oh, I could have just stayed home and read a book. You know what's not gonna kill me? A book. Yeah. Uh, she's like, you know what? <laughs> Feeding my curiosity right now does not seem worth it, but also I was kind of put in this position with no choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's just Mm, it's like mm -mm. it's like so honestly the first half hour of the movie I was incredibly like this is good you know like really up until he discovers the body even when he discovered the bodies I was like "Ooh, okay now it's gonna get exciting and then from there it just kind of starts to fall apart for me where the writing felt really I mean there's so many one-liners in this movie I think there's a lot of really funny dialogue in this movie it's a very memeable movie there's a lot of funny exchanges, very zippy moments. But because it doesn't really establish an actual plot about why and how the brother is involved, it's not like we actually learn more about the brother. Because that's what I was no. waiting for. I was thinking, okay, well, if all of this is happening because his brother is involved in this you know, underground crime heist type thing, we're going to find out about his double life. But we really don't. No, and like, and you would think that you would learn more from like B.D. Wong, who's like the big crime boss, but B.D. Wong is so uninterested in like the details of the situation, which I understand, like from his position, I understand, but because he's uninterested, we don't learn anything because whenever somebody asks him a question, he's just like, you know what, man, whatever. I just want my shit. Can I have my yeah, shit, Yeah, he's like, Give I just need shit. a base. <laughs> he's just like, shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> yeah, he he wants his vase. Also, there are two cops on the scene because they think that Ethan Hawke killed a cop. And like, even though they're being paid off by the Chinese mob, they're just like, we need to get this villain who killed a cop. Like, to be clear, if Ethan Hawke had killed a cop, congrats to him. Um, That's very hot. Good for him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be like, wow. Yeah, second date. Yes, please. Although maybe let's uh, turn off our, I guess they don't have cell phones, so they're fine. Yeah. Um, oh, and also one of the cops is Bobby's dad from Twin Peaks. It's always nice to see. I was, I've started watching, um, what, why am I forgetting? I started watching the X-Files recently and he pops up in an episode and the whole energy is so Twin Peaks because X-Files came out after Twin Peaks and you can tell like it's like that it was made by fans of the show. So every single time I see this guy, I'm just like bringing some Twin Peaks energy into it. And then there's the other cop. The I'm talking about the bald cop. I don't know. Yeah. I actually don't know if you watched Twin Peaks, did you? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. We've I never love Twin talked Peaks. about it. We have oh That's so weird. How have we never, how have yeah. we never talked about and it? And I, I went, so a few years ago, I went to visit my parents and we went to this lodge in like Vancouver, Washington. And it was the most Twin Peaks place I've ever been. Like I, I have pictures of it on my phone. I'll show you. But I was like, this is literally like a Twin Peaks set. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. I want you to You have to go. come to the Man. Northwest with me and we can do like a Twin Peaks tour oh my god that sounds amazing right like we don't I mean we could go to the real place where it was shot but we could also just go to a lot of places that are like the same vibe that it is yeah, yeah. man I I didn't realize that I was the kind of person that wanted to like visit weird places from like movies and shows or maybe I just became that person as I as I move closer to 30 kind of like how I want a kid suddenly I want a kid I also want to go to the Overlook Hotel for I want to go to the Overlook Hotel too 
No, I'm... there's an oh, there's an Overlook Film Festival. <gasps> when is it? I don't know. It's like it's usually around like there's like so many horror festivals that like happen at the same time. I need to figure it out because we should go. I would like seriously year. do that. Yeah, like yeah. I have a credit card. I'll put it on there. Like I'll figure yes! it out. Like I'm serious. Like I want to do that. Also, okay, sorry, listeners, but <laughs> um, you know the movie uh, Somewhere in Time. Yes, I've never seen it. But yes. <gasps> okay, okay, I need you to watch it because I feel like you would be as obsessed with it as me. There's like a Somewhere in Time fest that is like, like it's a yearly festival, and it's just like people. It's almost like a cosplay kind of thing where people go and watch Somewhere in Time at the hotel that it's set at and I really want to go my sister Lerlin and I really want to go oh my god okay it's on it's on Tubi so I will watch god bless Tubi um this Tubi is like really doing it for us Tubi really makes it so much easier to find like obscure movies so thanks to them I don't mind the commercial breaks I really don't (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly very very nostalgic um why is music playing? Oh, my phone! St- oh my god, my phone started to started playing the trailer to somewhere. In oh my time. god! <laughs> I was like, "What is this? Am it's I getting attacked?" So delightfully weird. That's why I like it. It's so slow too. Like somewhere in time is so unapologetically slow and romantic, and I like that. I know. I love a slow movie. I love. I and it's I Jane love Seymour. Time. Like you know. I mean, it's yeah. definitely a deeply white movie, as I'm sure you could guess, but I think well, it's, I think, I don't think you, well, I'd be curious your thoughts. Okay, yeah. I feel like you would appreciate it. Jane Seymour in The Fog. <laughs> Jane Seymour, that's a beautiful woman right there. Yeah, yeah, that is a beautiful woman. Okay, so we uh, have to go on a Twin <laughs> Peak, like, Northwest trip, aka yes. you could just come meet my family and then we can go places that are Twin Peaksy. Oh my god, meeting your family. I, I I've actually like really wanted to. I'm so curious about them, the way that you talk about them. They're so it's so fascinating. I, I think it would be really I mean, I think that they would like you and I think it would be a really funny I mean, my parents, I feel like you'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, this makes sense. Because my mom <laughs> has like such kind of like theater energy, you know, like she's just very yeah. like she likes to sing and you know. That's so cute. Yeah. I kind of want to know also if you look like her, because if you do, that's going to be really adorable. You know, I, so I've never, growing up, I was never told that I looked like her. Like, I think that my sisters, Lerlin and Amara, they have, they look more like her in certain ways. But as I get older, I think that you can see a little bit of resemblance. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. I... My, I mean, as you know, my family has a very strong resemblance. Like every single time I show pictures, it's just like you all have the, the same clones. face. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think as far as um, my siblings, I think that my brother and I look the most alike, probably. Oh well, okay. When we get off the pot, I well, when I see you again, I want to see. Yes, I absolutely. See I hope you listeners so this- enjoyed that personal interlude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this, so this movie. Yeah, so much of it's just like B.D. Wong trying to find Ethan Hawke's brother. Ethan Hawke realizing that his brother sucks, even though he should have realized that earlier. Women women being upset. Like, <laughs> I loved, like, even a Black woman shows up and she's mad. I'm just like, I'm supposed to believe. 
yeah that a black woman would put up with this behavior that man whatever okay yeah she's like, like a woman she's not like 18 you know like maybe yeah, an 18 year old but like no offense to the 18 year olds but like she's like grown <laughs> Yeah, no, it's just like, I, I'm just supposed to leave with this man is just walking around with his fake glasses, just like fucking his way through the city and pissing off like everybody. And I'm just like, how does he even have the time? And uh, also um, a thing that uh, the movie clarifies, and I can't believe it. I mean, I can, it makes sense for the plot, but I can't believe it. That like, essentially the brother gave Ethan Hawke all of his shit to set him up. And I'm just trying to understand why you would make your little brother the patsy. Like, it's like, it's not, it's like your parents are still alive. Like, they're just like at a trip. How are you going to explain it to them if something bad had happened? Like, what would you say? Like, this guy, that's what I, like, when I say that this man is a sociopath, I'm not like using internet hyperbole. This is an insane thing to do to your little brother. Yes, it absolutely is. Because not only could it ruin his entire life or get him killed, but it could also, it's not actually going to remove your behavior from you. You know, it's like your brother might be the one who takes the fall, but it's not like you had a random acquaintance take the fall and your parents would never find out. Like they're still going to find out about this and they might not know that it was you, but it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's just like reckless cruelty. Yeah. And that's kind of, I mean, aside from the racism, that's like the biggest issue of this movie is that Ethan Hawke is just like a normal, I don't even know if he's old enough to drink because like he is like a fake cart. Like, is he that I also couldn't figure out how old he was supposed to be. I think he was like supposed to be like 18 or 19. I think so. Yeah, because like real Ethan Hawke was 21. But I think you're right. I think he had like a fake ID. And that was part of it was his brother's like, let me help you go on a date. But also it wasn't clear how old she was supposed to be either. So like, did she also have a fake ID? I mean, also we all know that a lot of places won't card young women as much, but I, yeah, that's very unclear because they're at bars most of the time, like full on bars. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, it's not just like your adult brother who can take it. This is a child. You are responsible. Like I have four younger siblings like one of them is literally 28 years old and I still feel responsible for them like it's just like it's crazy to just uh, and it's so so we have this juxtaposition of this like really like innocent date with this like really dangerous situation yeah, yeah like mean, it's 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 like peak it's it's peak 80s and 90s because it's just people getting into hijinks like this is this is the time of like weekend at bernie's and weekend at bernie's too they really brought that corpse back like <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean this is peak hijinks like really once we have the two bodies in the trunk you know ethan hawk is at bars asking for his brother and of course everybody knows who his brother is and thinks that he's him and and they're like punching him for being a shitty hookup or threatening him because of the vase, which of course, Ethan Hawke doesn't know what they're talking about until, you know, 30, 40 minutes later when he figures out, okay, my brother took a vase. Okay. There's there. And then one of the, this older Chinese man like tells him a proverb that's like, you have to look inside the pot. And so it's basically that the vase has something valuable inside of it. But of course the movie makes it like awkward because the movie has to make everything kind of fetishy and racist 
around all of the Chinese characters and a lot of it's happening in Chinatown and mm-hmm. yeah James Hong plays a fortune teller by the way I mentioned him at the beginning but then I didn't say who he was he plays a fortune teller and so it's like <sighs> it's like he could have been a fortune teller and that could have been fine it's just the way the movie frames all of it <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like and I mean it's and with B.D. Wong it's like B.D. Wong, that's a handsome man. That's a charismatic actor. I'm happy to see him. I'm just upset because it's just like, because it just frames the movie as like, these two nice white kids are trying to have a normal time and all of these Asian people are ruining it for them. And it's like, Yeah, (laughs) no, absolutely, absolutely. And also I kept thinking, wow, you know that B.D. Wong is attractive and charismatic because even in this role where he's given very little to work with, I was like very into him. Oh my God. <laughs> I was yeah. like, yeah, kill like, them. Like, even though I liked Ethan Hawke and, and Cherry Polo, I was like, just kill him. I don't care. What, whatever you got to do, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like I <laughs> have a nice day, dude. Get that base back from that white man. Like, <laughs> yeah, he has been, you know, he's been really inconvenienced to this man. This is not I'm cool. On- this is really fucking up his Friday. So I'm you on know. his side. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, there's eventually like a big showdown where like everybody has guns and then finally the brother comes back and he is completely remorseless. Like it what's wild is that Ethan Hogg tries to call the brother out and he's just like whatever like I gave you and your date an interesting night and like (laughs) and like you should be thanking me for almost dying (laughs) yeah no he it's like this whole monologue and it's also funny because he's giving this monologue to his brother as if they didn't grow up the same way like he's like go back to your suburban home I'm like didn't you grow up in the same house what are you talking about he's like and watch your MTV which also that's such an early 90s thing to say like go watch your MTV you fucking sheep he's like go back to your (laughs) go back to your suburban house and watch your MTV and when you get old and bored and you're bored with your kids you're just gonna think about this one night that was interesting and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about dude like this This is your brother like you grow up in the same suburb it's not like you're like telling off someone with a different life than you it's just very funny you have literally been out of the suburb for like one day like he like there's no way that the brother is like has been away from home very long like maybe like five years tops and that's like being generous yeah like, I don't believe that he's been out of the suburbs that long he's just like one of those guys who like smokes weed for the first time and is like oh man like I know the truth he like does acid once and he's like actually other people have interior lives and these sheep don't know and it's like no you've just been an asshole your whole life <laughs> like, everyone else actually knows this and you're the one who's late it's just like you're just a pre you're just like a yuppie who is like like disturbing the lives of people <laughs> who are like trying to because like all of the women that are like upset at him they're just like they're just like regular people like I'm sure that they're not in the same like tax bracket they don't have the same like fancy parents or whatever it's just like you're just like a little you're just like a dweeb and some glasses just like trying to play with the big kids oh absolutely absolutely he's like very much has parents paying for his rent while he lectures people about the real world energy (laughs) just like dude shut up (laughs) 
oh my god this brother just like this brother sucks so much he really does <laughs> and like I do it, you know even though it's completely it's completely improbable that Terry Polo would be like wow yeah I'm gonna go on another date with you like even when she knows that Ethan Hawke was telling the truth about not being the person who created this whole mess she like it doesn't make sense for her to go on another date with him but after that fucking monologue from the brother I am kind of glad when he takes her home and they have like a cute moment and it's very like okay well we'll go on another date she's like I don't really actually know anything about who you are you know I all I know is like your brother's car, your brother's wallet, your brother's life, what your brother told you to be like. And so then it's like, they're going to have an exchange where he asks her a few questions about her life and she asks him. And that's like the ending is just like, let's really get to know each other. And it's very cute. Like, obviously if I was in a car with a man who had bodies and I found out it was his brother, I'd be like, all right, I am going to block your number after this. <laughs> like, you know, but after them getting lectured, I was like, yeah, go on another date. Go have sex. Have a nice time. Yeah, I almost feel like they're like, you know, we're going to date each other anyway. And we're going to do it normal, like out of spite. But They're like, we so- are going to go live a boring life and watch MTV. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <sighs> this movie is so weird. Like my main, my main thought was like, Man, this would be like one of those cute comfort movies if it wasn't for all of this like nonsense around. Yeah, like also it's only an hour and 38 minutes, so it's not that long compared to many of the movies we've covered, but it still feels too long. I think that 10, 15 minutes could be trimmed and it would be totally a comfort movie because I mean, again, it's visually really nice. Like it's shot in the way that a lot of 90s films are just with the color editing where it's just really nice to look at, but it just becomes chaotic in a way that's not really that fun even though all the all the actors are really great because the movie doesn't seem to be fleshed out when it comes to the actual crime plot yeah yeah exactly so i mean like it's on tubi we watched it for free like you can watch it but like i I feel like there has to be a better version of this movie and i'm going to find it yeah (laughs) we'll find it we'll put it in the newsletter But for now, I would say watch the first 40 minutes (laughs) and then make your own choice about the rest. Just watch Ethan Hawke in different outfits. Ethan Hawke in different outfits. It's very good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, dear beautiful listeners, I hope that you're doing well and maybe you're getting outside, getting some of the sun that's out there. We are on all of the social medias. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on TikTok. We have lots of fun bonus episodes if you want to join our Patreon, or you can also request an episode and we will do an episode about a movie that you request, unless it's a movie that we've already done. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And I'm Jordan Searles. Bye! Let's go this drug. Uh, yeah. Back it up, back it up. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's go this drug.